0: I'm all about no. night for Christmas. we are still here? Oh, oh my no. god. Where did Good you go? Again, oh.
1: <laughs> the only way to get what you want is to become a human yourself. Can you do that? My dear, sweet child. That's what I do. It's what I live for to help unfortunate merfolk like yourself. Poor like oh, souls with no one else to. I admit that in the past I've been a nasty, they weren't kidding when they called me well a witch, but you'll find it nowadays, I've mended all my ways, repented in the night and made a switch. Hello,
2: good evening, and welcome to the second episode of the Archivist Bet on Sexy Witches. A bi-monthly podcast about genre from a geek girl perspective. I am the head homstress, and tonight it was going to be a motherfucking fun episode, people. I am so excited for tonight, but first let me introduce once again my sexy witches who will be my current co-host for this ride of this podcast and see where it takes us. Sexy witch number one currently resides in West Virginia. She works on film in her spare time from being a full-time elementary education student and mother. Congratulations on the 80 on your test today. Um, she was oh, I mean, she's also <laughs> she's, you can look for her. Uh, she does uh, write around the web. She's written for Red Carpet Crash and Inside Pulse. Her most recent short film Virtus just won a best documentary at the Colonial <laughs> Film Festival in I Ohio. She's also one of my oldest social friends on media. We met each other within our first three. Uh, MySpace request and her name is Jenny Sherman Richards. Welcome to the show, my lady. Hello, EKG. I call, yeah, Elizabeth. <laughs> that EKG is fine. Most people on the red also call me EKG for short because I always use my full name on the web so people can find me. Elizabeth Catherine Gray, oh boy. Um, so Jenny, how has West Virginia been teaching you?
1: It's been
3: great so far. I'm going to school. I got an eighty one on my math test, which was the third highest score in the class. (laughs) So yeah, everything is going pretty good. How can I seen any good movies lately? Your pretty face. No. I haven't. I need to watch (laughs) I need to watch so many movies, but I just I haven't had time with school and the baby and so much going on.
2: Well, I'm glad you're with us, and we'll get to your um, list of your favorite Disney villains. I want to tell people that this is a conversation, and her and I have had a version of this for pretty much our entire Facebook friendship life, you know, and when we were met in person, (laughs) we even talked about it. So, yeah, this is definitely one of those things that we can't wait to talk about. But first, I have two more people on the line, and I want to introduce them. Second, of course, is my second co-host, my second sexy witch. She's located in Eugene, Oregon. She's an aspiring filmmaker and a published writer, and she currently writes for Living Dead Magazine, which is a pretty awesome gig to have. Look for her will attitude and personal writings on her personal blogs and on YouTube. Please welcome to my show, Queenie Todd, the Demon Bogger. How are you doing, babe?
0: I'm doing pretty good.
2: I'm pretty good for today's topic. topic? Oh, Hmm? good. You didn't give me a howl. Give me a howl, girl. Oh, I'm sorry, you want a howl? I howl. How howl. All right. You thank go. you, Sweetie. <laughs> so how has Oregon been treating you? And happy birthday, by the way. Oh,
0: thank you. Yeah, my birthday was last weekend. I uh went to a crazy LARP called Spike and it's a sci fi war time kind of LARP. It was amazing and I played an Android. So I got to be like away from the human element a bit. And uh, try to support my human compatriots. It was a lot of fun.
2: Sounds pretty geeky to me. Yeah, I'm and kind of I mean that in a good way. Oh, I... uh, but we all are. We're sexy witches, but it's also we're also geeks here. In fact, my original idea for the show was called Geek Girl Film Club, where the idea was to get drunk and talk about movies. But unfortunately, when when your co-host suddenly can't get drunk you know, they're pregnant or something else, it kind of changes the format a little bit. So... Hey, are going to smoke be, going right now. Oh, uh, I have Kahlua and coffee right now, so we're not going to quit yeah, Coffee so, yeah, is always that. good. So I have one more person on the line, and I can't wait to introduce this guy because he's a total dork, and I love him to death. (laughs) I'm calling him my L.A. correspondent, so he's going to call in occasionally and uh, give us rundowns on certain things, including today. We're going to talk after we talk about our favorite Disney villains. We're going to talk a little bit about the Star Wars celebration that happened a couple weeks ago in Anaheim. Uh, he, is, My LA correspondent has been an actor, he plays Pirates and he does Shakespeare around the Orange County area He's been a singing waiter, he's worked for Medieval Times He's also hosted part, um, Pirate Parties at San Diego Comic Con He's a huge <laughs> Disney geek, including pin trading and does do all the previews And is a bigger fucking feminist than I am So, welcome, let's welcome to the show my cousin, Aaron Cogan. How are you doing, sir? Yay. I'm Woo! doing
4: very well Thank you for that intro. Um, can I be the Uncle Arthur in the group of the sexy witches?
2: See, Uncle Arthur? If yeah. you want to, sweetie, go ahead. That's fine with me. I don't really awesome.
4: care. Awesome. <laughs> Uncle Arthur.
2: I'll remember to use that. I'll use that as your as your moniker next time you pop up, so. Nice.
4: Very nice. So uh, awesome. we, right?
2: we'll talk about... Now, my um, Sexy Witches, this is also their first time folks, ladies and gentlemen, listening out there in television land and radio land, in this case. Um, this is their first time meeting my cousin on the radio. So welcome, Sexy Witches, to my cousin, Cousin Sexy Witches.
4: Hello. Hello. Sexy Witches. Come Hello, Arthur. Arthur. <laughs> 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 oh, that tickles. Oh, that kills
2: Oh, so cute. So have you seen, uh, not counting Star Wars, have you seen any good movies lately?
4: Um, yeah, yeah, saw a couple good ones. Saw the remake of Cinderella, and I liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. The live action uh, version. Fantastic.
2: And then uh, let's hold yeah. let's hold off on talking about that more because it's going to come up. I guarantee. You. Oh good. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll
4: come back to that. And then I watched mm-hmm. uh, a truly bizarre and disturbing thing on um, uh Dune, and that man is. A Certified Genius and or Authentic Wacko, and that was Absolutely pretty amazing. Best
2: documentary. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That, <laughs> have, have, has the Sexy Witches seen that? I'm sure Jenny has, because I'm sure her husband has made her watch it. Jordanowski's Dune, the documentary. I
3: haven't watched no. it
2: yet, but my husband has. Um,
3: it's
4: It's, it, it's insane. Boring. If you're a Dune fan, you <laughs> have to see it.
2: If you're a film geek, you have to see it. I mean, the name dropping in that movie is like mind blowing onto itself. I I couldn't believe oh, yeah. what we missed out on, and and I I it's I have a feeling Rondo's dropped tomorrow. I have a feeling we're going to see it as the winner of best documentary because it so deserved it. Oh my god, so fabulous on that. I just saw The Dick, ladies and gentlemen. So and it is as Ooh. good as everybody says. So highly recommend I know what I know, Queenie, you've seen it, and Jenny, you both have seen it, and you liked it. Uh, oh, my God. I can't even begin to tell you how much this film rocks. And and mm. I want to say fuck you to all the people who say that that kid is annoying because all I wanted to do for that movie was help him. Poor kid was stuck in the shittiest situation I have seen in a movie in a long time. And I think I would be acting just as crazy as that, and I'm a grown-up woman. So <laughs> I don't know. In, in, I think so he just acted I, I like do,
0: a typical kid. Sorry, I just think he acted know, like a typical kid, you know, in a hard situation. He, 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 Kids he, he, act like that.
2: And, and you know, the whole thing about, the, and I'm not going to give too much away, but there's the whole thing of him making weapons, which mm-hmm. makes total sense in kid world because this kid basically yep. raised himself. And in that world, he needs to keep himself safe, and he starts making wep- weapons. And this is something that I did growing up. Because I, even though I had a sister, I was pretty much on my own a lot. So I ended up like making make, mostly bows and arrows. <laughs> but mm. anyway, I, I just highly, highly recommend *Baba Dick for anybody that's been holding off on it because it is brilliant, and I want to see more from that director. Absolutely. So I agree. But so, but going from one boogeyman to another. It is time, ladies. Let's talk about our top ten list. And what I'm going to do, I want to start it with our, with our guest, with our L.A. correspondent, Erin. You're going to be first. Okay? Very good. And then, Queenie, you're going to be second. Okay? All right. Mm-hmm. Jenny, you're third. And I'm going to be last because, of course, this is my show, so I get to rule. No, I'm being stuck up. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. But it'll make more sense because I am deliberately leading up to my favorite um, Disney villain, which you guys already know, and I wanted to save her for last. So, sure. um, so all right, sir, the floor is yours, as they say.
4: Okay. Well, in in no particular order of, of best re, villainy. Re,
2: start from start with number five. We're going to read our top tens when we get to number one. So. <laughs> So okay, well, I, I didn't
4: I didn't list mine in particular order, but I I, I have to put Scar okay. up there in the top five for absolute certainty. Uh, Chernabog from Fantasia is absolutely on the list. Uh, Hades from uh, Hercules is definitely in in my top five, and uh, I have to go a little old school and go with. Uh, the Headless Horseman from The Legend of Sleepy Hollow in my top five for, okay, a, for so, personal.
2: So, Aaron, this is how we're going to do it. We're going to start with huh. we have the five you want to talk about. Pick one. We're going to talk about it in depth. And then when we're done talking with that, we're going to hit the next person. And we're going to go round robin like that. Oh, good. So we wind down to our number one. So, okay. go ahead. Start with Scar. Because I don't have him on my list at all. He didn't even make my top. Oh, list. my so go ahead. Why do you like Scar is such a so
4: magnificent much? villain. Well, yeah, well Scar, Star, I, I think if you're talking about really good Disney villains, you have to have, among the criteria, you have to have a certain elegance and a certain panache. Scar definitely has that. Uh, to be a really good villain, you should have a good song. It's not necessary, But it definitely helps. And you have to have good, by which I mean bad, uh, minions. And Scar is definitely there.
2: Um, I do have to say, I've been watching a lot of top ten villains on some of the more YouTube channels, like Nostalgia Critic and stuff. Everyone has Scar in their top ten. Don't even have him as their favorite, number one. Uh, maybe it's because I just don't love the Lion King as some people do. I know that's sacrilegious. I should love the Lion King, but I don't really like the Lion King that much uh, and, and even though uh, even though Jeremy Irons is quite sexy, so I love our's voice. Yeah. What about you ladies? You're welcome, please, interrupt, chime in This is a grand discussion of all of us together So let's celebrate or not celebrate these Disney villains
0: Well, uh, I have to agree with Scar being pretty amazing I don't really care about the Lion King as a whole But Scar, yes, oh man And the whole, like his army while he's singing And he's so flamboyant Oh, he's just, he's amazing I love him I had Scar in my top ten
3: as well. He made he was number seven on my list. And I had him on there just because of the I think mean, the lengths that he goes in his evil. Like he just <laughs> he has no boundaries. He will do anything and yeah, the uh the minions like the the Nazi army of hyenas yes. that he has yeah. is, it's amazing.
4: The little cinema uh, yeah, that we have yeah, yeah, is genius.
3: It's
2: yes. so well done. I do have to say that I'm re-watching the death of, of Mufasa again. And, and there's, like, the moment, of course, everyone knows where he goes, long live the king, and he knocks him into the wildebeest, and he dies, and everyone cries, and then the kid goes, and everyone cries. But after that scene, he walks up to him, and he tells him very quietly, run, run away. Just, like, that, like, not even yelling at him. He's always over the top, and it's, but he's not. That's what I do, like, he's, like, so restrained in his evil. And then at the end, he's like, kill <laughs> him. I think that goes to that that that
4: whole elegant element of villainy that that I was trying to talk about.
3: (laughs) Well, and when I watched it when I was in, like, junior high, what always scared me the most was when Simba goes back and the pride has been taken over by Scar, and everybody, it looks like a harem of, like, women slaves to Scar. It's it's terrifying. Yes, yes, I love that. Well, and in
2: a... a, in a real pride, there's usually only up to three lions, and that one and the one main lion mates with all the other lions. So there's exactly, the issue with the raw with, with the little with the, him with, Simba's ended up sleeping with his own sister, which we don't talk <laughs> about. But um, you know, but yeah, it, 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 you actually your analogy of slaves is not that far from the truth.
4: And no, we should probably not. mention that even though Disney. Uh, was touting The Lion King as their first original, not based on anything. It's obviously based on Hamlet. Well, yeah. Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Even to the ghosts, my God. I mean, yes, yeah. it does. And, and, yeah, and I, totally. I really don't love the movie, though, and I wish I could. I think the animation's genius. I think the opening sequence is probably one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. I went to, there's this movie palace in Oakland, California called the Grand Lake Theater. And it's, you know, they have the old school pipe organ and everything. And I went to see it that night. So you can imagine seeing Lion King like that was pretty fucking amazing. But the yeah. rest of the music just doesn't hold the story up. I mean, I really didn't care about the music. Rowan Atkinson's under years like, uber underused. That's should true. Be a sin, by the way. Oh, yeah,
4: he is. Um, well, a little Rowan used. goes <laughs> a long way post-Mr. Bean. Uh, but, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they could have used him a lot more.
2: But, but Mr. Bean doesn't talk, and he's all slapstick. Rowan Atkinson also <laughs> did Blackadder, <laughs> which is some of the best writing ever. So, you oh, know, yeah. it can go either way. You underuse Rowan Atkinson, you should be slapped. I just feel that way. Anyway, uh, but... Um, <laughs> But, yeah, it, so I validate your loving of Scar, don't get me wrong, because you and so many other people, I just wish he sur- was surrounded by a slightly better movie.
4: <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs>
2: I okay. have to agree
0: with her there. I kind of wish Scar was in a better movie.
4: <laughs> Maybe I need to re-watch it again, but I really like uh, Lion King.
0: There's, oh, I, totally there's, there's,
4: there's a lot of clever little asides. It's definitely post-Disney period where they were starting to make more uh, asides to the adults in the audience. Uh, yeah. There's that wonderful line, uh, that that little exchange between Simba and Scar, which parrots the line from uh, Jeremy Irons' film where he played Klaus von Bülow. And uh, Simba says, "You're a weird Uncle Scar. And he says... You've no idea. And you know, and <laughs> all <laughs> the adults in the audience are going,
0: Wha while
4: well, the kids are going, What? What was that?
0: Yeah. Well, People are really good guys. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I really do enjoy <laughs> Scar Even though I don't love the movie But I think we Let's talk about Scar a little bit more later I think it's time to move on to Queenie's turn Because we've talked about Scar We can talk about him more though yes. If you have any other points You can run than welcome to interrupt But we're going to go to Queenie and get your number 5 ma'am So what are you up? Uh, number 5? Tell me who your number 5 is and why
0: Dr. Felicier from Princess and the
4: Frog yeah. Oh Ooh, yeah. Choice.
0: In the new uh, lineup of Disney films, he has stolen my heart. Because uh, for one, I have a love for things like voodoo and hoodoo, and they play with all those tropes from that, but they don't get insulting with it. They don't, you know, get too like um, what's the term I'm looking for? Uh, appropriating. Like they're not. They they get to an edge, but they don't appropriate the religion too much. They capture. The you world mean? And- Cultural
2: Pardon? appropriation. Is that what you're talking uh,
0: about? Yes, cultural appropriation. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they almost get there. There's some points in it where it gets a little iffy, but he's just great. Like he's he's beautifully designed, um, he's flamboyant. He captures what a bokor is really well and they don't call him that, but that is what he is. He's a dark voodoo shaman. And Well they he, do call
4: him Shadow Man.
0: They do call him Shadow Man, yes they do. So that's close enough. Yeah. They do. Um and he's got the greatest song, dude. I got
4: friends oh, I on the other side. <laughs> I couldn't well, agree more.
2: Does it bother you that they're calling it "other side" and not "other place"? Because in in, in Vodou, that's actually the the term they would use is the "other place," which I guess they didn't use because it doesn't rhyme. But, it doesn't rhyme. But <laughs> I, I, and
0: no. If, if they used it, they would be appropriating. Then you know, so like they're 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 hinting at it without going too far. Um, at least in my opinion, I, wish and, they I mean,
2: appropriated more. <laughs> you I think see. they should take more? <laughs> yeah, um, well, this is I, I. I'm gonna be such a negative Nancy. I hate this. Oh my god. Okay, so it's a beautiful film. Villains super interesting because I totally is, as being a pagan witch myself. Love that shit. I love. I love. I love <laughs> that the concept of shoot filming it New Where it fails, and I think it brings the whole film down once again, is Randy fucking Newman. Why are you getting Randy fucking Newman (laughs) to write songs about voodoo in New Orleans? It should have been Dr. Mm -hmm. John. We all know it should have been Dr. John. Oh, that would have been
4: awesome. uh, Dr. John did the opening song, though, right?
2: Yes. Yeah, it's the whole thing is a missed opportunity. I don't understand. Oh, come on. Friends on the
4: other side is knocked right out of the park.
2: It is good. Beautiful. It is so good. It's
4: beautiful. Yeah.
2: I love all, all the veve symbols. I, I actually want to do a, a screen capture of the bebe symbols in that sequence and see if they actually mean anything because I, I actually studied – uh, Vive Symbols for a little while because um, the Smithsonian Folklife Festival had ha- Haiti as a country one year, and I hung out with those guys and I it was one of the most rewarding, amazing experiences of my life is to see these guys mm. in action. So they taught me about the symbols and stuff and what they meant and how to take care of them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, I shouldn't say blah, blah, blah. It was much more awesome than that. But you know what I'm saying. Uh, and so I've always wanted to pause and see what, what they actually did use, but I just wish they had punched more on the New Orleans side of things, because Randy Newman isn't New Orleans to me. Yeah, that would have been cool. <laughs> Maybe That's I would have been cool. They, there however, a I do like. Really,
0: the... Oh, sorry, go sorry. Oh, uh, there's a ahead. scene that I really like where he when he's singing, his face changes, and it, there's a skull that pops up. That is a reference to um, Baron Sandy, and I was
2: like, yeah! <laughs> it's it's right, it's he also looks right right a lot yeah. One of my one of my favorite deities is Papa Shango, and he also has a lot of hits of that character as well. Certainly. Yes, yes, he um, does. Which, <laughs> which, by the way, never piss Papa Shango off, and it's really easy to appease him. Just give him money and cigars and rum. He's happy. So, uh, nope. you know, and I'm sure the Shadow Man could have been <laughs> bought off in similar fashion. They just didn't know better.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs>
2: but
4: And Facilier is um, is kind of uh, unique among Disney villains in that he kills someone. Uh, There there are not a lot of villains that actually kill someone, and he does.
0: Like Scar. We just finished talking about Scar. Scar. Like Scar, absolutely like Scar. They could
2: be in that group of killers. I love that even though I don't have even one of these guys in my top ten when you guys do because that's exactly why I wanted to do it this way so we could talk about (laughs) a variety, you know, because my my list is not, I wouldn't say completely uh, predictable, but there's definitely, like, the top end is. (laughs) So uh, um, let's move on to Jenny. It's your number five. Go for it.
3: All right. My number five is Radigan from The Great Mouse Detective. He, (laughs) He has been a favorite of mine ever since I was a kid, and I like him because, I mean, everybody seems to really like the flamboyant and elegant villain so far from what we've talked about, and he's got that going on. And what is the most scary about him is that he is so elegant, but then, and he doesn't want anybody to say that he's actually a rat because he's trying to be more elegant than a rat, what he is. And then when he when he snaps and his crazy comes out and he transforms into that rat and like breaks off his clothes and it's like it's just so scary. I remember being terrified of him as a child and and he's the perfect match for Basil and he's just he's great. He's a mastermind criminal and has this cat henchman that eats his followers. It's
0: awesome.
2: He's That's another villain movie, that actually killed several too. people. Killed several people in that movie. <laughs> yeah, he does. I just, re-watched, I just re-watched The Great Mouse Detective over the weekend with my daughter. And boy, is that film great. I always, <laughs> I, it comes too late in my life because I was kind of, you know, at the end of the golden age of Disney, which I was already a high schooler when that stuff started, so I kind of missed it and didn't see it till I was like, well, in my twenties. And uh, but boy, is it fucking good! And Vincent Price is so spot on. I think he's more spot on <laughs> than Scar. You know, it, it, you know, he's the, the whole elegant thing is, as as Aaron was talking about. He just nailed it. Like he, you know, he the yep. vile things. So calmly and so collective. And I will tell you, there's no kidnapping in that movie. Fucking scary. It yeah. <laughs> you know, is. Yeah. My my daughter did not like it at all. She was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> no, 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 no. Have you seen this movie? Go ahead, Aaron.
4: I was going to say, I really like the point you made about him being a great match for Basil. And a lot of times, in a lot of Disney movies... The Disney villain outmatches the princess. The, uh, I could Both care less about the hero or, or the princess. The villain is so much more interesting.
0: Yeah, in the same way with villains, I love the villains more than I love the heroes. <laughs>
4: Amen. Amen. Yeah, but it's a little closer. There's an amazing in Great book. Ooh, uh, I haven't
2: read it. Have the there, yeah, there's an amazing book called "The Disney Villains" that Ollie Johnston wrote just before he passed. And it, it it ends at like just the beginning of the golden era. I think Gaston's literally the last page. <laughs> you know, he's barely mentioned huh. in the book. But um, it, it 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 up to that point, absolutely brilliant. I highly recommend it. It talks about every almost everyone we're talking about now, um, except for Radigan. And I think Radigan is so overlooked. I can't believe how good this character is. Um, mm. uh, <laughs> We could do a whole show on underrated Disney films and I think right oh, like yep. you now top of our list. Um, you know, I also and want to also go back to Jenny's point about uh the, the ending of that movie, the, the big finale in um the the um Big Ben and, and the clock is absolutely gorgeous. It was the first time CGI had ever been used in a movie. Um like but in an animated 2D film. And you can't really tell. And I actually think it holds up better than the stuff that's in Beauty and the Beast. uh, so, I agree. Um, uh yeah, So I, I I think it's a fabulous finale, watching this character that's so elegant and beautiful just deteriorate into this great monster. <laughs> it ends up being a classic monster movie at the end of uh, that movie. It's so good. I, um, I really oh, to and he's got again. such a great song. Yes, he does. Best villain song. I almost, if I had, if, if I knew this movie more, it would probably have made my top ten. I've only seen it twice. So I couldn't bring myself to put Gradigan on the list. But, <laughs> oh, my God, is it great. I highly recommend anybody listening to it. If you've never seen The Great Mouse Detective, you've got to see it. Um, it's, it's easy to find. So, uh But I'm going to go with my number five, and first before I talk about him, he bumps two characters, two of my, I reshuffled at the last minute to add a live action movie to my top, two live action movies to my top five, because we're going to be talking a lot about animation studios, matter of fact, we've already mentioned, what, three of them from animation studios. And, of course, Disney is much larger than that. And I rewatched with my daughter two films back-to-back, and it kept her interest the whole time, which these films are fucking long, two almost two and a half hours, both of them. Um, and uh, But every time I see this character, I just want to, like, hug him and freak out, and, and I want to join his club. And it, it's just, it, it, he is the epitome of, I think, a modern classic villain. And I'm going to say it's Davy Jones from Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. Um, I absolutely adore the design by Venio. Woo!
0: And... Oh,
1: this
0: face, um, is <laughs> just face is magnificent.
1: His face is magnificent. the tentacles. Him I and think, his
4: whole crew, uh, the, 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 oh, the, the detail yeah. in the various crew members is insane. Oh,
0: it's magnificent. So, he
3: almost made my
2: you almost made your list. Yeah,
3: and I he's good. Like Queenie
2: don't. I mean, I, I think we're all fans of Kusubu here, right? At least the sexy witches right? mm-hmm. And We are. And he's like the closest we're going to get in Disney to a Kusubu villain, I think. Because so, he is an elder. He looks like an oh elder. Oh, my gosh, he has that's hilarious. <laughs> he is. He's totally an elder. He controls the fucking Kraken. Come on. <laughs> That's true. That's true. True. I never thought of that. <laughs> and, and and there's the opening shot when they first introduced him, he lights a pipe and I and you can kind of see where the theme is, but it still doesn't matter because the light lights up the person he's talking to. How the fuck did they do that? <laughs> you know, like, no,
0: Magic of Disney Studios.
2: Yeah. Fuck yeah. I just, I just wish that, like, even though I actually do think that Orlando Bloom gets pissed on a lot in those films, I wish he was a better match for Davy Jones because he really isn't. He's outclassed all the way. I mean, you partly totally because are. Bill Nye somehow like emotes so much more emotion through digital makeup than Orlando Bloom has ever emoted in like <laughs> five films. <laughs> so.
4: Agreed. <laughs> He he is rather tentacly.
2: (laughs) Now, I would have, I almost cut him and put Barbosa there because I actually love Barbosa more than David. I
4: love Barbosa.
2: Yes, Jeffrey Rush is one of the. He's hot. Okay, I'm in love with Jeffrey Rush. I would, I I would, I would ask, I would like drop down my knees and propose to him if I ever met him. I mean, I mean, I, I don't even want to just have sex. I want to marry him and have his children. Okay, I know that's whoa, weird, but whoa. but, but he, he would have to do that in the costume.
1: <laughs> Wait, uh, <laughs> but, but
2: Barbosa, so Barbosa ends up being kind of a good guy, and, and 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 so I don't, I didn't put him on the list because he ends up they they fit him as a good guy towards the end, and he's gonna and, and I don't even really care about Jack Sparrow anymore. I just want to see these films so I can see Barbosa again.
4: I'd be okay with that.
2: You know, the, there's a new one. It's, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Queenie and I have very similar tastes in, in odd men. So I get you,
1: girl.
2: You get... That's for sure. But Bill Nye is also sexy in his own way. And, and I actually think Davy Are Jones you? is a romantic at heart, clearly. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, you know, there's, they hint at it all through Dead Man's Chest about his love for Tia Dalma. And and even though I don't think they quite hold it up in the second third film, I think the third film totally fails the first two movies. But um, yeah, it, still you want to see that relationship. I wanted that. I would have liked a movie watching Tia Dalma and him try to rectify their relationship because there's a lot going down there, and they just kind of brush on it. And you know, granted, yep. it's a fan film, and you're, you know everyone's action, you know sword da 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 you know, and stuff like that. So you don't get to get those tender moments. But I think they, they, they should have had more of them. I wanted more time with Davy Jones. I wanted to learn about him a lot. I still want to learn about him.
0: So, it would have made the third film a little better. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, because yeah, the third <laughs> yeah. film does lack. I
2: mean, it lacks fun. a lot, it, and I could go into horrible. why I have issues. Ugh
4: but well, <laughs> we'll, we'll well, corporation we'll makes a bad villain.
2: <sighs> but at least we're both that holds up the third film. I could do a whole show on just why I think the third film fails. And we are going to do a remake show in a few weeks. So maybe I'll bring it up then. Ooh. Uh remake sequels and uh show, but let's move back to Mr. Um, um, uh, what are we calling you now? Uncle, Uncle Arthur. <laughs> uh, I, I Uncle would like Arthur. to throw
4: into the ring. Sure, Uncle Arthur. Uh, I would like okay, to throw up
2: uh,
4: uh, Hades yeah. from Hercules. Hades. Yeah. Oh, uh, Hades I, is I'm great. A big, I'm a big fan of James Wood's characterization of it. I mean, uh, it, you you could make a real case for Hades being the most closely related to the actor doing the voice of any Disney villain.
0: Mm-hmm. And again, it's like I, the Scar thing. I would rather have a movie just about Hades, man. Just, <laughs> just do Hades. <laughs> I would be
4: totally in for that.
0: Right? Like, he makes the film. The rest of it's kind of, eh. And
4: they, oh, so he doesn't do Zelda. much for me right. as, a, as a main character, but Hades rules.
2: Uh, I, love
1: I wish Hades. I loved that movie. <laughs> oh, I love,
2: <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs>
0: I feel the same way. I wish I loved that movie because I love Hades. <laughs>
4: wow. Again, we're yeah, hating I, on the film. Oh, God. Hercules.
0: Meg, <laughs> is one of
3: my favorite Disney songs of all time.
4: Yeah, Megala is we, one of the best princesses.
0: I don't really like Absolutely. her. Absolutely. That's just me. That's just me. I don't really like her. I don't really like Hercules. I really just, it, it could have been so much better. I, mean, you're I on love the okay. music. I
3: love all the pop culture references. I love how fast talking Hades is. I
2: love yes. that movie. Somebody described it. I'm I think a was critic decided as Vegas is actually not really a Greek myth. It's like Vegas retelling a Greek myth. And if you take it yeah. in that aspect, yeah, it works. I, I do agree with that. I'm. I kind of wish they'd, like, given, like, his, like the real problem I have is they hired a shit ton of great actor voices, especially as the um, the gods. And none of them get to do anything with what they have. Nothing. <laughs> They're in it, like, a few minutes. Their design is odd. I like the music. I thought the music holding the story together was totally worked. And James Woods is nailed his character, even though it's a very modern performance. Very modern. Yes, it is. <laughs> but, Very much so. But it reminds me James of Woods, like, like. Go ahead. Okay, sorry. Um, I think James
0: James Woods just wanted to like go with it. You know, he he knew he was in this movie with all this going on, and just went, ah, fuck it. I'm Hades. <laughs> 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 I am the Hades now. <laughs>
1: I will defend I, I, her to
2: I wish Hercules was a more interesting character. Me too. So- yeah. But then again, I mean, you can't all be Steve Reeves. What can you do? I mean... <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, I know. can't all be perfect. So. so, well, that's awesome. You know, I'm so glad, once again, I don't even have him in my top ten, and that makes me hysterically <laughs> laugh 'cause because I was like, you guys are going to be like, who the fuck's in your top ten? All right, Queenie, you're up. Number four.
0: Number four, I couldn't really separate them because they're kind of a pair, Jafar and Iago. Oh, my God, Aladdin, yes. Nice. <laughs> They've been my favorite forever. Oh, man, I mean, I love Iago because he always has the best comebacks, and, and they just, oh, he's so snappy, and then Jafar is kind of the straight man until he gets, like, his maniacal going on, you know, with his laugh. He has the greatest laugh. <laughs> he does when he thinks he's won oh man that laugh comes out and it's just like his whole body consorts into this like crazy face and I do love that scene with Jasmine and she's just like I love your beard it's so
1: twisted
2: <laughs> 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 and the whole conversation I think how up in this like Sexy outfit. he has got like a ponytail and a and a tube top, and, and it's like isn't yeah.
0: you know, Disney. <laughs> He's fabulous. you're totally fabulous. And Iago is hilarious. He'll just like have his own little conversations. Excellent work, Iago. Oh, go on. No, really. On a scale of 10, you are an eleven. <laughs> I'm gonna say something that's so that's
3: funny. funny. I always I thought Iago was annoying.
0: I, I love them.
2: You're going to be amazed. I'm going to say this, and people are going to think I'm sacrilegious. I think Iago is funnier than Robin Williams in a movie. Oh, Oh. What? What? oh yeah.
1: It is. Wow. Oh, that's bold, I know oh, that's what I was going to say.
2: Okay. I, I, I paid for Aladdin four times when it came out. I could not believe how great that film was when I saw it. But watching it now, the older I get, Robin Williams becomes less and less important to me. And Iago, there's not matter. i just laugh every time he's on. Like, I often even say, I've just so picked up on molting. I mean, that actually is something that has, like, been part of my family's life. We're mad. We look at each other and say that. I was kicked off on molting. You know, so... I'm so I, know, I'm I know, shoot me now. I deserve it. Walk me out. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: okay.
0: It's okay. I do a better it's impersonation okay. of Iago. It's really kind of terrible. And then, like, I'll try to hit on girls by talking like Iago, and it never
2: works. So I try. <laughs> <but> I try. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hey, come on. Have you heard the stories about Gilbert Godfrey in New York? You know, uh, you know, living near here, here, you hear about Gilbert Godfrey. He has an apartment in New York. they so supposedly when you walk into New York,
3: it's
2: basically yes, a I folding chair. I want his wife
1: uh, <laughs> <laughs> He just literally has like
2: a chair and a bed, and that's it. That's all that's in the room. I don't even think the bed has a frame. And 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 because he's you know he travels and shit, but who is? No one wants to date Gilbert Godfrey. No, okay. he has a family. He, he has a wife,
3: wife and he's got kids. I would date him. But he's a player, though. Yeah, but it was the the wife flop is really funny. If you've got nothing better to do for like 45 minutes, it's like watching stories. Because <laughs> they swipe swap him with some like millionaire wife, and then she comes to his apartment and is all upset, and so. She wants him to take him on, take her on a date. So he takes her to the dollar store. <laughs> 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 I can
0: totally see him doing that.
3: Yeah, oh, and man. then he takes her to a restaurant where he knows the chef, and so he has his own table in the kitchen. And so she gets mad because, like, all the chefs are like asking her to move so they can cook their food. It's really funny.
0: <laughs> My I
2: favorite the thing Gilbert uh, I love Iago. I love Gilbert Godfrey actually I think as a comedian he's hysterical. If you've never seen the Aristocrats documentary Google oh, yeah. use his his segment because I just it's not even him. He's giving a really straight, like, it's really funny. But watching Rob Snyder's reaction to what he's hearing mm. is probably the funniest thing I've ever seen. He goes, so a guy walks into a talent agency and ro- Rob just dies because he knows what's about to happen. And it is this brilliant, brilliant moment. Just like Iago, I think is brilliant all through the planet. I just think he is. Oh, my God. I'm
0: so oh,
1: dark. <laughs>
2: We do. So, uh, we're I, I think Iago steals Don't the show. Like...
0: Good. I mean, I he's love Jafar. Brilliant. But,
2: like,
0: Jafar is nothing without Iago.
2: He's nothing. No, he's not anything. Well, they he's do... just
4: a straight man. Yeah. He... He... My favorite Jafar moment, my, my favorite Jafar moment by far, is when he takes uh, the song that had been Aladdin's and uh-huh. makes it his and yeah. turns it yeah. dark. And the thing that kills me to this day is uh, apparently Howard Ashman had written some really super dark lyrics because, you know, what he was going through at the time, at the time he was dying of AIDS or complications due to AIDS. And Mm -hmm. apparently a lot of the lyrics that Ashman wrote were taken out and lightened up a bit. I would give my left arm to read or hear what the original lyrics had been. 'Cause oh, wow. I mean yeah, it's, be... it's pretty dark and good as it is, but can you imagine what what Disney said, ooh, too dark for us? Yeah, so <laughs> <let's see
1: that.
3: laughs> <laughs> <laughs> oh, twisted.
2: So Miss Miss Jenny, what is your favorite number four?
3: My number four is a little bit unconventional. Um I I love The Nightmare Before Christmas, so I felt like I had to include something from that. But I believe the real villain in that film mm-hmm. is Jack Skellington. So he's... Wow.
1: Mm.
5: Interesting.
3: Mm. Because I feel like the real conflict in that movie is all within himself. And then Oogie Boogie and Lock, Shock, and Barrel, they're just kind of obstacles for him to overcome so that he can resolve this conflict and then set Halloween Town back to how it was.
4: Well, and, and find his joy and his purpose in, in doing what he does.
3: Exactly. And I find that movie so much more rewarding to watch now as an adult. And I get so much more out of it than I did when it first came out. And it's just—it's all about his own conflict. Huh.
0: But I don't know if that qualifies for a villain. Like, he's just... Well, I'm I think he's Clearly. the villain in
3: the in the story. You know, as far as the story is concerned, you know, the town was all built around him. He was the king, and and they all yeah. looked to him. And then when he decided that he wanted to do something different, then the whole town just crumbles and they fail. And and then he has to bring himself back up. To and I just I think that
0: he's he's the actual villain in that story.
4: That's a really interesting read.
0: Yeah, because like I, (coughs) I don't really see that. I see him as yes, he is the center. Yes, everything revolves around him. And when he goes off to do his little Christmas town thing, he drags everyone in with him. And maybe if you mean that, like how he, you know, orchestrates everybody to do his bidding, and his bidding screws up the holiday that doesn't belong to him, then you know he does
4: almost ruin Christmas.
0: Yeah,
2: but that doesn't really make him a villain, per se. It just makes him
4: well, misguided. Well,
2: really, can you say any any of them are really villains? I mean, even Oogie Boogie. I mean, I don't know. Uh, oh, no yeah. No, no, no. no um, yeah.
1: You're
3: not no, the no, only there is, one. There's a line.
0: Like, there is a yeah, line. Oogie I mean, Boogie is definitely a villain because he's selfish and he's self-serving, but not, like, um, Jack Skellington isn't selfish. He's just, like,
2: having a moment. He's having a crisis. A I want to get back to Oogie in a minute, because I, I wrote a piece about Oogie, and I want to talk about Oogie, because it goes with Jack Skillington, but Jenny, you actually are not the only person I've actually heard make this, make this comment about Jack Skillington. not that I'm a huge fan of the Mary Sue, but the Mary Sue wrote a very interesting article over the Christmas time about Nightmare Before Christmas, where they actually were kind of calling Jack the uh, villain of the piece. And the reason is is because it's an example of what we were talking about with Queenie earlier about cultural appropriation, which is exactly mm-hmm. what the movie is about. It's someone that's taking someone's culture and using it, but not really truly understanding it. So, I agree
0: with that.
2: Um, so, so, so there is some precedent to that, I would say. But I'm not sure anybody, even Oogie U- does cross a line when he decides he's going to eat Santa Claus. Okay, I will say that. But, you know, but Boogie has a different role in, in that universe. And this is why I defend him, okay? <laughs> Everybody else is a year-round thing. They get ready for Halloween. Halloween's the big thing. And then Halloween's done for a day. They take a break. And the next day it starts all over again. Boogie is on the job 24-7. He never stops. He is nightmares. He is the boogeyman. He is the one bringing the shadows of the moon at night. Right? he's the one he, he scares little kids all year. That's his job. So, of course, maybe it makes him a little crazy. He really loves his job. Like everybody else in Halloween. Town. They all love <laughs> his job except Jack. You know? And so I don't always think, you know, if it's in your nature to be like that, because I also have the same issue with Maleficent. It's actually in her nature to be like that. Does that really make them a villain?
4: Mm. I I understand what you're saying. The thing that I really enjoy about Disney villains in general, and and Oogie's a great example, is that they delight in being villains. They're they're almost Shakespearean in the way that they say, "Hey, audience, want to see me be evil? It's gonna be fun." Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. I agree with that. Like I they do. are just so over I the do top like how his, with their evil. And that, he's a you gambling know, like, man. Yeah, yeah gambling but, but isn't not exactly with, a good thing.
4: And, and not with yes, my life, not. but yours, dear boy, that would be just fine. Uh, <laughs> <He>
0: says, <laughs> yeah, hey, exactly. One, He's a
4: big eat. old cheese and yeah, horrible, horrible guy. And he loves being horrible. Do
2: you want to know a cool trivia thing I learned over the weekend about Oogie? sure. It has to do with Dr. Finkelstein, which actually, Jenny, I thought you were going to say Dr. Finkelstein. I'm actually really surprised and it's cool that you're calling Jackson. Skellington, the villain, but there's a deleted scene that never made it in, and it's the end where they unrip un, when he gets when Jack Skellington unzips Oogie and he opens up and all the bugs fall out. Right? The deleted yeah. shot was underneath all that. You know who? Guess who that was originally supposed to be? It was supposed to be Doctor Finkelstein. Shut and up! The,
1: no, that's all.
2: Awesome. And, and the reason why it was supposed to. Be yeah, the reason why it was supposed to be Dr. Finkelstein is because all this was a way to teach Sally a lesson about running that's out. That's
4: crazy.
2: Uh, so who's really the real like one in the end? It actually is Dr. Finkelstein.
4: That's cool. I like that.
2: Yeah, I, I couldn't believe I, 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 I saw this, the, the, the the still for it, you know, the production still. I saw it on, on YouTube, so it's around somewhere. You can see it. It must be on a deleted scene, wow. of some edition that I don't have, which is weird because I have bought Nightmare Before Christmas in every medium that's existed, <laughs> <laughs> including Laserdisc.
4: So. Yeah, oh, me, wow. me too. I, I thought I was a pretty huge Nightmare fan, and, and you, you took me. I did not know that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't know either until this weekend, so that's brilliant. That's
4: really so, cool. I right. like that a lot.
2: And I actually have Oogie at number eight. He's the first one to made my top ten. Woohoo! That you guys have mentioned. He's my, all he's night my number Christmas. three. <laughs> Oogie is my number well, three. three. Now we're going to we though. get Great. Well, no, we can still talk. We, you can also throw one of your others okay. out, too, if you don't want to. Or we can keep talking about Oogie. Yeah, I really don't care. I tied him caring about at number eight because they. they, they, they Kind of fulfill similar goals in the similar Disney canon, but anyway, uh, is there anything? Because I don't want Jenny to feel like we're leaving her out of this conversation. But anything else you want to say about Skellington before we move on? Oh no, no, that was
3: that was really it. I just don't really feel like there's an actual villain in that movie, but I love it so much. I felt like I had to include it because it's one of my all-time favorite Disney films, and I just I, I feel like it for internal
2: struggle.
0: I love the perspective you brought with that. That was really cool.
2: Thank you. You are my sexy witches for a reason, my ladies. So so I'm going, uh, I don't know, my number four, I don't know if you know how much of a dragon fan I am. I am a huge fan of dragons. But I'm also very, very, very discriminating about my dragons. They have to meet certain specifications. With a couple exceptions, like Pete's Dragon or or Toothless from those films, my dragons have to be have to not be friends with humans. They have to eat humans <laughs> for me, mm. to like a dragon film. And there's one dragon that trumps, and it's probably one of my favorite villains of all time, but because it's not a humanoid, I put him at number four. And it's the best design. There's never been any other dragon as good, and I'm including smog in this. Um <laughs> And I think all other people should bought, uh, steal this design. And it's, it's uh, Dragon Slayer, 1981, and his name is Vermithrass pejorative, And he is the most beautiful thing Disney has ever designed, period. Phil Tibbet was the um, special effects supervisor. He'd go on to do Jurassic Park, of course. And he also did, I don't know if you guys remembered in the 80s, there were these amazing shorts about dinosaurs and soft animation they used to do on television. And he did all of those in the 80s as well. This man is brilliant. He was, i met his, oh, my gosh, he's such a great So He also did the special effects for one of my favorite science fiction movies, Starship Troopers. <laughs> Shout out right to him. Right on. <laughs> but but why Rax wins? He's a puppet. He's a straight up puppet. He's not he's not shop animation. He is a puppet. He moves like a fucking lizard. He's beautifully he breathes. Or she's actually a girl. Um, the effects in that movie are just beyond the flying scenes. Everything about it, you never once doubt you're watching a guy fight a dragon. And her little offspring are just as vile as she is. Yes, there's a sadness yeah. to this character. You watch this dragon knowing it's the last of its kind. And and all the wizards in the movie know that, too. And they're just as sad about taking this girl out. But, you know, it's like a man-eater. you got to stop it or it's just going to devour everything. Uh, and I'm I i, I, I I'm so trumped with this film because this film kind of tanks in the theaters. It and Black Cauldron were completely misunderstood. <laughs> so um, wow. but I think this movie does better than Black Cauldron. I think it's a more successful film. Um, and music is crazy. The score is mad crazy. Uh, I mean, the, the fight scenes at the end are, have you guys ever seen it? I can't even go to how amazing it's felt Oh yeah. Me. I haven't uh, seen yes. it, actually. I have not seen it. It sounds really amazing, really? though.
4: I have, and I agree Black- with you. I think it holds up a lot better than Black Cauldron holds up.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: From roughly the same period.
2: Yeah. I, well, I, 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 I love Black Cauldron, I, I, so. though. It's absolutely the darkest Disney film I think there is. There's no heroes. Even the hero isn't really a hero in the movie. Um, people are lying. There's scoundrels. There's corruption. The dragon is just scary as hell. Uh, you know, it, it, it's dirty. It's grimy. It's not like Robin Hood or any of their other like more rompish films. Like if you put this up against, let's say, Three Musketeers in the 90s, they're just No comparison. One bright, you know, Disney's known for bright (laughs) colors. This thing is like muted tones, dark brick buildings. It really feels like a medieval fantasy piece, which is so unlike anything else, I think, in any of the Disney lexicon. I mean, I watched this film and I put it up there with Game of Thrones in in the high level of fantasy. It is is that good. But I don't think it's written as well. (laughs) But, but, but I, I do think that it's one of the best Disney films, and people just miss it. And, and Queenie, go see it yesterday. You'll really like this
1: film.
2: <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's violent, too. I mean, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, there's still, I watched it with my daughter. She's five. And I knew it was, but I've seen it enough. I knew where the really awful parts are, so I'd grab my eyes and shove them when they were really gross. But dude, there is a. Even the 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 muted moments are totally scary. I mean, they don't even reveal the dragon until two thirds into the movie, and and and. But you're terrified of it already, right? you know. So, um, but anyway, um, so Vermithrax expert I had to practice that. <laughs> So say
4: it out loud. <laughs> you, you know, when you're listing Phil Tibbetts' credits, you you really should put Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope on that list too.
2: Well, yes, but he was a kid when he did that one. <laughs> he, but by the time also, I mean, this I, was his first reel in charge, you know. So.
4: I think he did Ed Two Hundred Nine too in Robocop.
2: You might have actually. I'm pretty sure he did. I'll have to I look his head and set back up. Yeah. so awesome. So. Yep. So, Aaron, what is your number three?
4: Um, I I, I have to do kind of a, a combo uh, villain and uh, sidekick as well. Um, I have to go with Yzma and Kronk from The Emperor's New Groove.
1: Yeah.
4: Oh, yeah. Uh, Kronk lays me. I don't think I have laughed as hard in a Disney movie as when Kronk discovered his shoulder angel. Uh, I I think they might have actually had to lift me up and put me back in my seat because I was just floored that you could do something that absurd in the midst of everything else. And was great. Not just in The Emperor's New Groove, but in the series as well. Um, She was so bloody good and uh, of course uh, Eartha Kitt doing the voice uh, that that fantastic voice singing or talking uh, she was just amazing and the two of them playing off each other I don't know that there's anything better
3: <laughs> good call um. when Croc speaks squirrel that really always gets me I don't know I do that all the time wait can you me like sweet sweet.
4: It's not so funny. Oh, okay. You owe me an acorn.
1: Believe <laughs> <laughs> oh, <they don't.
2: laughs> me. I'm sorry. I'm being interviewed. I'm being interrupted wonderfully but by my the hubby. Um, hubby, since you've interrupted me real quick, we're gonna continue with this conversation. What is your favorite Disney villain? Just tell me, and I'll let them know.
1: He doesn't you know. He doesn't know. He's <laughs> I will tell
2: you what my daughter said it was, and I was very impressed. My daughter is so awesome in so many ways. She said the ghosts in the Haunted Mansion were her favorite villains. Nice. <laughs> nice. <Not> really. <laughs> well, yeah. Wow. How sophisticated an answer was that? <laughs> I was like, wow, really? And she says, I don't even know. She loves all the movies, but she said, no, the ghosts are the best villains. And and she goes, she just likes because they, they, they come out in corners and, you know, the animation's awesome. So I was very proud of my daughter. That that. So anyway, right on. You, you know I'm what? Sorry, go ahead, Erin.
4: I was going to say, you know, um, I, uh, speaking of ghosts, who's being added to the Haunted Mansion next month?
2: No. The Hatbox
4: Ghost is coming back, yo.
2: That's right. The Hatbox Ghost is coming back. And I just got to see the new bride. And boy, she's awesome! Oh my god, they have updated the bride so effectively in the ride. and we'll talk about that later because I have a dark ride episode coming up in October for Halloween. Oh, two Special <laughs> episodes. So uh, I have some but, uh, uh, pictures.
4: Yeah. I have some pictures from uh, D, the D23 Disney Expo when they took the Hatbox Ghost out, and they were being very coy because, of course, the first question all of us asked was, "So is he going back in?" And they're all, oh, baby. But uh, it's been confirmed. He definitely is. And he's amazing. I, I He looks so good. Uh,
2: going back to Isma and Kronk, I, once again, did not put them on the top ten list. Um, That's probably because I've only seen the film a couple of times. But Kronk is Patrick Waterburn, right? Is that right? Yes. yes. I believe it is. Yes. Absolutely yes, is. one of the best voice actors Ever, and I could watch that man read a fucking phone book, and it wouldn't matter to me. <laughs> um, you know. It, oh yeah. It, it, it uh, you know, and I don't even care if he sounds exactly the same in every friggin' thing he does. <laughs> it's still a great voice. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm a huge fan of of the Venture Brothers, which was actually introduced to me by my cousin here. Um, <laughs> so thank you very much for that. <laughs> and he's just You're very brilliant. And, and I am a huge fan of Brooke Sampson. <laughs>
1: so, uh, oh, I do
4: one. Rock rules. And can I tell you how I, yeah. nice uh, he was to me down at Comic-Con? I'd had this uh, Venture Brothers piece, uh, this beautiful um, animation art for the, the box cover, and I'd been carrying it with me uh, from convention to convention <laughs> for years, getting everyone's autograph on it, and uh, he rarely comes to these things, but I did catch him there, and he looked at it, and everyone was telling me, wow, he must have had this for a while. And he looks at it, and he says, well, I guess I better sign this nice then, not just a real scrawl. And he posed for pictures, and he was just a real prince. Oh, that's so cute.
2: That's so bad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if, if there's a moment where he starts cooking, and it, it's the funniest thing in that whole movie. In the middle of it, he just suddenly becomes a chef in the middle of uh, Emperor's new Yeah, theater, short order cook, like, yeah. And it is so funny. Oh, my God. Yep. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, Eartha Kitt is sexy in general. Uh, I'm Catwoman. Oh, my God. It's Eartha Kitt. I, I didn't go. I missed her show by a week. She played in town at the Blue Valley a week before oh. she died, and I didn't go, and I missed it, and it's one of those things I've been kicking myself ever since for because i been such a huge fan of hers, and I missed her, I, I, you know, because she was a huge singer before this, of course. Yeah, Stacey um, Ball. So, lost opportunities, so. lassie.
0: <laughs>
2: well, fabulous, Queenie, you're up. Number three.
0: Well, as I said, my number three is Oogie Boogie and
2: his boys. Yeah. Uh, so, do you want to add anything, or do you want to trick or treaters? Huh? Do you want to add something, or you want to talk about? We didn't talk about Lock, Shop, and Barrel very much. Uh which is our te- Would you like to throw another film from your lower list up? You can do that. I would allow that. Um
0: I I guess I could put Madame Mim from Sword and Stone. I really love yeah. her. She's oh, a Madam
2: Mim, Mim. Uh, I'll yeah, i accept to come um, a sexy witch Madame Mim is. She's more than welcome to be talked about <laughs> here in sexy witches. And she is a sexy witch. It's list. not just about looks. So if we put her on the <laughs> okay, line.
0: Is she on the page? Is she up there with the She's not definitely or? on the page. Oh,
2: yeah. She's okay. on our – if great you good. go to our Facebook page, There's you can see them. the Sexy Witch Gallery, and she's definitely on there. So. Yeah, she's definitely sexy. And she's she's crazy. There's she's great. an good element of oh, yeah.
4: crazy to her that, that oh, makes yeah. her a good villain. I mean, I, I really – when I see her act, acting, in uh, especially in The duel, she just – she scares me a little.
3: Yeah. <laughs> or she did when I was yeah. a kid.
4: Because she's crazy. There's, she's nuts.
3: I think she like pulls at her I'm hair and hops up and down.
0: Yeah, she's cut like medic depressive or something. There's some issues that woman. There's that woman. I can relate to that. <laughs>
2: what I love about her character is that at one point she's a shape shifter. She can change into anything she wants. And it's really cool and the song is awesome. And at one point she turns into a beautiful girl and she talks about it. But she doesn't give a fuck about being beautiful. She like could be beautiful all the time if she wanted to be, but she chooses the form she's in. So confidence, girly. I I rock at Madam Mim, and and even though she cheats, I still really enjoy the duel when she becomes this giant purple friggin' (laughs) dragon. (laughs) Once again, the dragon. Classic. The big classic moment, and it's such a call-out to Maleficent, yet yeah, it totally spins it differently. I really appreciate it. So, Did Sword in the
0: Stone come before or after
2: Maleficent? Um, or I believe it was after, much after. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, sleeping
5: yeah, Beauty so that, was your uh, last
2: fairy tale before and then before De- 101 Dalmatians, and that's when the style uh, changes, and Sword in the Stone and all those movies come right after that, uh, after um, 101 Dalmatians. I don't have the exact order, but that's basically right. I think. Am I right about that, Mr. Uh, uncle? You're
4: indeed. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you, you
0: get the approval. You get the not of approval. Okay.
2: Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> I would believe
0: I was right about that. So
2: sure. well, there we go. Madam. Um, Madam, sister. M- Crazy is a sexy, rich sister all the way, and, um, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you know and. I didn't. I actually called her honorable mention. She would be like eleven on my list. And the reason mm. is that she's not in it for very long. She's only in one scene, basically two scenes. Even though she has a fabulous villain song, awesome villain song, and the and the oh, magic duel yeah. between her and Merlin is classic. Especially the ending. I, I I don't know. The, the whole way that she loses is so brilliant. and You don't expect <laughs> it, and it's so cute. So. <laughs> Hey, I guess we're going to go on to Jenny.
3: Jenny.
2: Hi, Jenny. I doing, never agree with Hades. You Hercules. don't do Hades. Would you like to bring another character up, or would you like to elaborate? Um. Well, I think I already elaborated what I
3: like about Hades. So I will bring up Neville Sinclair from The Rocketeer.
4: Nice. Oh.
3: Timothy Dawkins. Great choice. <laughs> He just barely made it out of my top five. And I've always loved that movie. And he's just, he's one of those, I don't know, I guess I have a villain type. He's just a swall of debonair,
1: <laughs> guy
3: who wins over the girl and then turns out to be this horrible Nazi spy and wants to kill everybody. He's great. And Timothy Dalton, how yeah. awesome is he?
4: Yep.
2: Yeah. It- uh, i wanna I have a little bit of a confession about um uh, about Rocketeer that was my husband and I's very first date
1: Oh. Aww. That.
2: <laughs> so that movie has a personal uh, attachment in an odd sort of way. Dad was with us um <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it was like high school you know i was I was seventeen going on fifty and he was eighteen going on drugs. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh 90s in San Francisco. Anyway.
4: Rocketeer has uh, a huge, huge uh, place on my list of favorite Disney films, uh, simply for the art direction and the score alone. I mean, everything else is great. I mean, it, it, everything holds together as a, a film, but the score and the art direction are magnificent on that film.
3: Yes. I get goosebumps when um, I hear that, the, the theme from The Rocketeer. I love that score.
2: I wonder I really like why the lead, you know, everybody in that movie, except for the lead, go on to do amazing things. You know, Jennifer Lee and Timothy Delton were already kind of stars, but they weren't huge yeah. stars. They were just, you know, <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't quite household names, but what happened to the lead? I see him,
3: him once in a he while. Was, has he done anything recently? Yeah, he was on yeah. some TV show. I followed him for a while just because I had a big crush on him when I was younger. Yeah, he was on a TV show that my mom watched, but I didn't watch it really. I only had glance <laughs> up at it when he was on screen. I don't even remember the name of it.
2: Hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Rocketeer. I was worried oh, about yeah, to burn Neville
4: and you know the Rocketeer, uh, the comic book, the graphic novel, uh, is culturally important because it pretty much brought back a resurgence of interest in Betty Page. Yes.
2: Yeah. Well, that's nice.
4: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> My husband just interrupted me and said he now has his favorite Disney villain, and his favorite Disney villain is the Crocodile from Peter Pan. So, to let you know. good choice, Peter <laughs> There you go. I thought that was cute. So he actually hero. Well, I think he's kind of, of a hero. He's a I'm
0: cheeky, I know.
2: So so at some point we're gonna have to meet Timothy Dalton and I'll agree that we love him in that movie because nobody remembers the racketeer or <laughs> 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 so, but yeah, he's got that like pencil mustache and he twirls it. He's like a classic arch villain with Disney. so good at those like <laughs> old school, I've oh, got a mustache yeah. and a case and I am a villain and I'll tie you to the tracks, you know. Here they <laughs> yeah. and change the game and make him a Nazi but it's the same type of character and, and you know, you, Disney film villains always have that same twirling, you know, they can do that. Vatican also does that. Um, Doctor Terminus for Pete's Dragon. Pete! Pete! fucking Pete, which, by the way, I think Pete should have been on my top ten uh, because he's Mickey's original um, foil, but he also wears oh, a hat to yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but I didn't make him, he didn't make it on my list, I could, but I should have put him on my list. But. Yep. Uh, I'm at number three, and we're going to go classic now because we are talking about one of my favorite villains in the world, and I want and I love what the Nostalgia Critic said about her, and I totally agree. Just want to punch her in our fucking face. She is a total fucking bitch. And she deserves to be on my list because she's the bitchiest bitch of any of the Disney villains. And all she's doing is wreaking havoc on this one girl's life. That is fucking Lady Tremaine from Cinderella. Oh, my God, can I get into this bitch?
1: She is the biggest, biggest
2: bitch. I love her. First of all, the voice acting is fabulous. It's it's Eleanor Audley, which by the way, Eleanor Audley is one of the best voice actors ever. And Disney knew who they were hiring. She she worked with one of my favorite voice comedians, Sam Freeberg, for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. Paul Freeze, too, who also does a lot of voice acting for Disney as well. And and her boy, vo her vocal performance is. Killing to the fucking bone. It is. She, she's so elegant, so soft-spoken, yet you feel like she's going to rip you in from the inside out with a serrated knife. Bitch.
1: And, 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 you know, Hater's going to
2: hate. Hater's going to hate. They, Lady Charmaine <laughs> though, first of all, her motivations are plausible. That's one of the reasons why I like her. Because a lot of the times the characters are like, yeah, I'm evil. and I, you know, No, she's an opportunist. She is she is what a person in that time period would have been. It. She lost her lost her husband, and she married into a family not for love but for money. Very normal. <laughs> Very normal. I hmm. motivation. Here's what I find interesting, and they address it in the new film. By the way, Erin, um, have you yeah. uh, before I get on? Sexy Witches. Have you seen the other two? Have you seen the new film yet? The Princess Bride, no. Cinderella. No, it is no. really good.
4: It it, is it's surprisingly really good. good. Uh, plus yeah. the costume um, porn, so I mean, oh look uh, for the costume porn,
2: porn alone. <laughs> Ladies, and, and Kate Blanchett kind of nails it as Lady Tremaine in that movie. She is so good oh, in God, that I movie. Her. They give her more motivation uh, than the one in the Disney film. But here, at the end of, at the end of the original film. Okay, so let's just say all this shit's happened, and you've got the Duke, and he's there, and he's trying on shoes. And, uh, you know, the two girls don't have it. Meanwhile, there's this whole thing with Lucifer and the key, blah, blah, blah. And then she comes running down the stairs, and she wins. Okay? So Cinderella's going to win. She's going to sit on the slipper. Now, what happens right after she runs down the stairs? Do you guys remember? No, I don't. When she runs down the stairs, the bitch takes her cane and tricks Cinderella so she drops the magic slipper on the floor. In the animated version, and it breaks, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, it broke! Oh my god, what's she gonna do?" But she goes, "It's a little help. I have you, the other slipper." And she brings it out and it rocks, and everyone's like, "Yay!" And the happy ever after, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. this is why she is the biggest bitch and one of the worst Disney villains ever. That way, <laughs> at this point, she's lost. Okay, the girls couldn't convince the Duke that they were the one, and. And she's coming down. It would have benefited her to have Cinderella take that slipper. And they address it in the booty because she is still their ward. And that is still her property and title. So if, and since she is the she's their ward, that money and title would still go to Lady Tremaine and she would have been elevated to Duchess. Right. Okay? Why the fuck would she ruin her own, her own, she did it out of spite. She knew, she's smart, she knew, she absolutely knew that it would be beneficial at the end for Cinderella to to become the queen. And she did it anyway. Total fucking bitch.
1: The
2: <laughs> <Yes>. I'm <laughs> sorry, I had to get that <laughs> off my chest for a long time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's good that you, really you let that out. It's good, you no, know. no. Tell, really right, tell us how you really feel.
2: Tell us how you really feel. Oh, my God. Lady Tremaine is a total bitch. And I also have to say, I actually adore Lucifer, her cat. Her cat is a yeah. great arch-villain. Uh, even though he's a lot of slapstick, he's really kind of vile, and I really enjoy watching him. Always the you know, most cat around. <laughs> he validates all he my was.
4: hatred of cats. I have to accuse myself on Cinderella. I, I do like Lucifer, but I'm not a huge fan of the film Cinderella. I don't much care for the songs. Lady Trillian is good, but I don't like Cinderella, so she's kind of lost for me.
2: Yeah, Cinderella's I, not I, I think the film doesn't age well. And it's not based on the Grimms fairy tale. It's actually based on the French fairy tale. So, And it does follow that story pretty closely. The Grimms fairy tale has no relation.
4: I mean, uh, you know...
2: I would mm-hmm. love someday for someone to actually do the Grimm's fairy tale, like with the tree uh-huh. and hacking off pieces of their feet and everything. Yeah. I think that would be awesome. That would be a you know, horror you know, film. Birds, oh my gosh, it would be. The birds peck out their eyes. I mean, it's great, yeah. you know, but, but but the but the reason why I still love the film and really love it too, though it's not a favorite, is the animation is just great. Where, you know, the humans look like humans, which is one of the only times you see that in a Disney film where they're not over-stylized. And everything is so grand scale, huge vistas, beautiful backgrounds, uh, you know, everyone moves correctly. Uh, and it's just, it's as a piece, as an animation piece. It's quite beautiful. And I, I have to admit, I think the mice are cute. I really try not to go for the corny, but they really make her sure for dress. <laughs> And then she runs down, and Lady Tremaine allows the, do- the sisters to rip her dress apart. Total fucking bitch, uh, you know. Uh, you know it, 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 yeah. it just rips. Oh my god, you know. You can imagine as a girl, you know. I didn't even see this movie until I was an adult, and I'm like, oh my god, if I was seven and I saw that, I would have been rest for days. So, <laughs> you
4: know. Yeah, the, the know feminist that? in me the feminist in me wants to keep any film where the whole goal is getting married to the Prince kind of as far away from impressionable young ladies as I can.
2: Well, but they, but they did update it for the new version of Cinderella. And I was actually Thank very goodness. pleased with that. You uh, know, that they, and Rob Stark is the Prince and, you know, Oh my God, who doesn't want to marry Rob Stark? <laughs> 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 um, so yeah, of course, going to his wedding might be a really bad idea.
0: But um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a pick that needs to happen.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Cinderella
0: crossed with the red wedding. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I wonder if someone would do that. That would be an awesome fan film. <laughs> don't give me ideas, you. guys. I don't need them.
2: <laughs> All right. Ooh, ooh, we're to our top two, the two favorite villains. And we're going to go on to Aaron. What's your number two?
4: Okay, well, before I get to number two, I have to give a quick shout-out to Mother Gothel in Tangled and a quick shout-out to Prince Hans in Frozen, the new modern villain who has the psychological quirks things. And uh, I kind of dig that. I kind of dig where Disney's going with that, making them a little more realistic. That's cool. But for my number two, I'm going old school. I'm going with Chernabog from Fantasia.
1: Oh. Dun, dun, That's my number dun, one. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> there are so many. I,
4: I I don't That's even good. know where I'm to start he... with him. Uh, I I mean, there are so many images that just are, are terrifying and demonic when he raises his army of demons up with that pass of his hand. Uh, it's just crazy good.
0: It is so good. It is, is one of the creepiest villains, like, just completely terrifying
2: when I was a kid. Well, he's the devil incarnate. I mean, you can't get more villainous than that. You can't. I agree with you, Aaron. That one moment where he raises his hand above his head before he throws it down to cast the shadow is the single uh, most beautiful frame of Disney uh, ever, period. I've always wanted uh, that frame and put it on a wall because it's just tough. Incredible. I actually have a
4: a, a framed set uh, of Chernobog with uh, his I don't know six or so of the uh, demon army floating about him, the skeletal horse and rider.
0: Oh <laughs> yes, so beautiful. Oh, I just, Does anyone I love, uh, like I love I love Chernobog because that was in a time period when Disney was willing to be a little more risque and make really terrifying things like yeah. Chernobog.
2: Well, there's Absolutely. a couple of things. I I, I don't remember um, the guy's name, but the guy who designed Bog um, did two things. One, he put, he based the face on Bella Lugosi, And if you look, it is Bella Ogosi. Yes. Exactly I right. Kind of interesting.
4: I was going I yeah. to say that. The
2: other thing is, he did not allow people to help him. He literally locked himself in a room for weeks, and they never saw him come out because he did not want anybody else to touch this creation. The key animator was kind of insane, they said, uh, and he never really huh. fully recovered from doing it. Um, so, I, you know, he wanted, So Disney killed, destroyed this guy, but he made like the most genius, beautiful thing that's ever been put <laughs> to film on Disney. So you that know, that just makes this even better.
0: It's are making Sherebag better. Yeah, you
3: no, know, the story makes fun it I'm better. Bad. That the guy went
2: insane. Uh, you yeah. know, I, I think it's awesome. Bob was number eight on my list, just so you know. Um, nice. Uh, but the reason why he's not as high as it could be, even though one, number one is totally like would be acceptable, uh, is is that he really isn't. You know, there's no story arc to that. You know, it's, it's a piece, it's a musical piece, it's a profane and sacred. It's supposed to balance out the second piece, which is by the way amazing too, uh, the Ave Maria afterwards. You know. Uh, yeah. So I didn't put him as high because him and Oogie are kind of featured characters and not really main characters. So uh, that's why he's not as high on the list. But it has nothing to do with him like being like better or worse than the Village. <laughs> because honestly, I go back to that sequence probably more than any other Disney film. So yeah. But you, Jenny, how do you thing. feel about our god here, Chernabog? Well,
3: I, I'm not a big Fantasia fan. I know that like, horrible to say, but,
4: Blast me, but go every
3: ahead. time I put it on, it just, <laughs> I I go to sleep, I, I don't know, even the Vantage huh. 2000, I never got it, <laughs> I don't know, it's just not my thing, I guess. <laughs> the okay. 2000 is,
2: is inconsistent, I, I could go into that as well, yeah. so even though there's
1: some
2: really amazing moments in it. Um. Now, Queenie, we're uh, we're gonna skip your number two because it's Chernabog, but please address, add anything to it before we move on.
0: Oh, so you, what you, what do you want me to talk about my number two now?
2: Well, you you said your your number two is Chernabog, right?
0: No, no, he was my number one. He was oh, my he's number your number one. one. Well, do... yeah, because I've on this as a child for him. That's why. But I can tell you my number okay. two, which is the Headless Horseman. Yay! Yeah, okay. My number one. That's it my about number that one. Well, statement. ha! You Stop stole it. my number one. I steal yours. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> I love the headless horseman. As a little kid, watching him terrifying a crane was great. it gave me such an adrenaline rush. I was like, Oh my god! I'm scared, but I also love this. Yay! Because I was a crazy little kid. But. Uh, <laughs> I love the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. They did it really well. They had nice dark tones back then, and and they they weren't afraid to play with things like Taylor Horseman and, and make demons like Chernabog. You know, like that was kind of in a, an age of of um, Disney where they were having more dark films like Black Cauldron, and you
2: know it, it was great. That's my horror. But well, even earlier than that, this is one of his early. This is an early Disney yeah. film. Yeah, it comes in yeah, it right after. Like, right after Pinocchio, I think it's, like, the next film or the film after, you know. Um, but, you know, Disney, people always say, well, it's dark for Disney film. Honestly, if you look at their body of work, there's a lot of darkness in Disney. And that's because kids yeah. like to be scared. And people forget that, constantly forget that. I mean, one of the yeah. things we're not talking about tonight is Watcher in the Woods. And that is cut like an a, Italian horror film. You watch it, it is an Italian ghost horror film all the way through, from beginning to end. And and it is you know they knew how to bring up the horror when they wanted to they could do it oh yeah so I mean that was the many movies have ever seen and I will just send so, the horror in Disney
0: to the depths <laughs> yeah uh, me too absolutely so there
3: are so yeah. many Actually, good things about saw, that. Awesome. When I saw Dragon Slayer for the first time was at South by Southwest and Guillermo del Toro introduced it and he was talking right. about how movies need to scare kids more often. And I it. it. was just so perfect.
2: And I totally agree. Absolutely.
3: I can't wait to
2: see what he does on the Haunted Mansion. That is exciting. Uh, <laughs> with I can't wait. He is working on it. So woo, we're happy about that. Disney basically gave him a studio. Here, we need more horror again. So maybe they're going back to that. I hope it catches on. I really do. So,
4: Fingers crossed. When, uh, when Guillermo was at Comic-Con talking about Haunted Mansion... Uh he said he actually owns a, a house in Los Angeles where he keeps his haunted mansion memorabilia. He has a whole haunted mansion house or apartment. But, mm-hmm. And he's a
3: geek
4: uh, like us. A... Yes, yes he is. And uh the first thing he he's said
3: amazing. Uh, when
4: someone asked how is this film going to be different, he said, uh kind of jokingly, uh, well, I'll tell you one thing, I haven't been returning Eddie Murphy's calls. <laughs> So so we got that going for us, which is nice.
2: Yes.
4: I, I think he'll do it right. I, I, I just can't wait.
2: Uh, I can't wait for one that comes out by Guillermo del Toro. Crimson Tide. Is that, no, what is it called? Crimson. What's the new film? Crimson
4: Crimson Sunlight. Peak, oh, right?
2: Crimson Peak, yes. Thank you. Boy, does that look awesome. Uh, <laughs> oh, I am man. really excited
0: for Crimson Peak. Like, oh, my God. I am nice. just fangirl Yeah, queen. same here.
2: It looks so good.
4: The walkthrough they set really up thing. for it at Comic-Con is amazing. It's fabulous. All
2: right, Jenny, we're getting close to our two. So what's your number two? My number two, and see, I have a villain type. It's
3: Doc Terminus from Pete's Dragon.
1: Yay, I, love Doc Terminus. <laughs> I, love <laughs> I love the squirrely mustaches. <laughs>
3: nice. Doc Terminus is just fantastic. He's got the best songs. The pass and the Wadi song and the I mean, I just I love and the money, money, money by the pound. He just he is in for it for his own selfish reasons. He is the only one that believes this dragon exists and he wants to kill it and make money off of it. <laughs> and he is just
2: shameless and he is he's so great. Uh, That is the great Jim Dale, who, by the way, is one of my favorite actors of all time, and uh, he actually did one of my favorite Disney films that nobody has ever seen, and it is called Hot Light and Cold Feet. It's a western, and he plays like a good boy in that movie. I love that movie. So, Dr. Terminus is fabulous. Dr. Terminus is so awesome. He is the classic curly mustache. Oh my god! And and yeah, the whole point of the movie is he's trying to cut him up into little pieces and sell him out, and sell them <laughs> off his <as a> truck. <laughs> That's what he's doing. But I also want to give a shout out to the Gogans, who is Shelley Winters, who's pretty vile oh, in this movie. The Gogans
3: got the music in that movie. Is just, oh, oh, I love it.
4: And you know they're remaking it as. It. As a non-musical.
2: I know. Yeah, i heard, heard that. About I'm kind that. of I Yeah, know. I'm a little I'm nervous, nervous too.
4: Mm-hmm. So. We'll see. Uh,
3: All the Gogan songs are great. Everything they are really sexy. evil.
2: I can't get through the movie very easily though. My mom's favorite song was Candle in the Water. And that's from Pete's Dragon. Aww. And it's such a beautiful moment. And it makes me cry every time I watch that. The reason why my mom. So rest in peace, mom. So, um, but uh, I'm going to talk about mine, at number two here. And none of you guys have mentioned him. I'm sure he's on your one of your lists, maybe. But he's the only villain that I think actually had a choice. He didn't have to do what he did, except for maybe Lady Tremaine. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Gaston. I, my my number two is Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. Partly because Beauty and the Beast is my, is my favorite Disney movie. Uh, overall, I, I think it's the most complete package of the Golden Age films. And um, and Gaston is 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 one of the best characters for a lot of reasons. One, he has a choice, and he isn't really a villain in the beginning. He actually comes back from a hunting expedition, and he's a hero of the town. He's rich. Not titles, but he's rich. He has a nice tavern. He runs the town and everybody loves him and you know and the reason why he becomes a villain is because he, he, he's he he's a combination of the evil sin pride and vanity. Which you don't feel well you see a lot of vanity in Disney films, but you don't see a lot of pride as as a as a sin. And because he's never been said no to, he you know, when when Bell starts pushing him away, it makes him like Selfish and spoiled, and eventually he evolves into this monster. But he's not stupid. A lot of people consider Gaston yeah, stupid. No, the man is not stupid. He knows exactly what he's doing. He won't get in the position he is in that town and, be, and not and not be smart. Even if he did yeah. inherit his money from his father. Um, you know, and he knows exactly. He knows everybody's name. He knows all the people to talk to. He's able to arrange a fucking insane ultimatum, which what you know, he had to have a lot of cool. He could have had any girl he wants in the town, but just because she says no, he just can't handle that, and it ends up pushing them <laughs> into this like like state of hysterics. But he almost wins. He almost wins <laughs> because he is, you know. There was a deleted scene where he actually commits suicide, believe it or not. Originally, he was supposed to fall to his death on his own, and they decided that was a little too dark. So they had to fall to his death. So there's a lot of complexity to Gaston, especially if you read the graphic novel that they don't talk about in in the movie. And... um, I just think, because he's one of the most human, once again, I love him, he's human. And his, his motivations are human, he responds like a human, and even though he eventually becomes a monster, in, in, it, 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 he isn't a monster in himself, it's a human monster, he's plausible. And I find plausible villains sometimes to be much more terrifying than, than the witches and the magic. I watch horror films with witches and magic, I don't really get scared of them at all. The one movies that scare me are like movies like Wag the Dog where you have a government conspiracy that makes something fake look real to throw people off, or people like Gaston who think they're doing the right thing but aren't. You know. Does he, he think you
4: know, he's, he's, doing he's doing the right thing or is he doing what he wants?
2: But he thinks the right thing is what he wants. He thinks that the best is is he only wants the best because it's the right thing, because I deserve the best. So he thinks, yeah, in his mind it is the right answer, you know, and the town supports him in that. They think it's the right answer, even though they think she's a little odd. They, you know, they say, hey, you know, guess what, we'll do what you want. We we support you. You the entire town going to kill something they didn't even know what it was. <laughs> he,
4: well, he so he terrifies much- them. He he goes all Bush administration on them and says, hey, it's a rat. <laughs> and, and he literally says, he literally says as he's locking up uh, Belle and her father, you're either with us or against us. Huh, where have I heard that before?
2: Right. I know. He, he said that, yeah, are you with us or against everything? And also he has two songs. Two songs that I think are great. I think they're the best songs in the musical. Gaston is absolutely one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, it is, it, even though it's not him singing it most of it, but that voice when Richard Wright comes out with I'm especially good at to I just feel like right. oh my god, melt <laughs> <laughs> the knees. I mean, it's just, it's, oh, you definitely. know, he's Gaston is sexy and scary and beautiful, and I just. Every time I, I watch
0: him, he sexy has a voice. He's like so full of himself. He is a little bit boorish, okay? But it's just the boy. okay? that's not my type it's, of
2: guy. No, no physically, he doesn't. And you know his penis is small. There was somebody drew him with a tiny penis the other day. I saw, but, I saw that. But it's the voice. The hammer it's, is it's the boy. okay? <laughs> it, it, I, I find the voice to be extreme. It, it's Richard Wright, the guy who sings him. That's By the way, true. I mean, reverend in real life. Uh, he doesn't do much else. This is like his big role. And, uh, you know, he just. I wish they would do more Sing. He would sing more because I just want to hear his voice all day. So, <clears throat> My Excuse husband me. makes well, a really more? good
3: case for Gaston as the hero of that movie. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. Yeah, he it's very convincing, and I couldn't do it because he's got his own, I mean, it's just a really great case, and he should, he should really write a blog. Oh, my goodness.
2: <laughs> well, please, oh. I'd love to see. I love when people defend guests. I actually defend Hans from Frozen a little bit, even though I do think he crossed the line trying to kill the sisters, but his motivation to marry Anna is completely understandable for his position. I, you know, I didn't really hold it against him.
4: The yeah, yet. but to, to yeah, pretend right. to fall in love with her? Ew. Ew. Oh, come
2: on. <laughs> it's a
1: friggin' medieval me system. That's how it works. He, he even says that they that finish each other's
3: right. sandwiches,
4: and they don't. That's sad. That's just sad.
3: I agree, Erin. I agree.
4: Thank you. He's <laughs> a creep.
3: a <laughs> slimy creep. <laughs> he's a total
2: creep. I must say he is isn't a creep. Don't get me wrong. He's a total creep. But anyway, for number one, because we're at 1030 guys already. I knew this was going to be a long show tonight. Okay. So Aaron, quickly, don't go into details, read your top 10 and then talk about your one.
4: Okay. Well, I I will actually just shoot straight to number one and, and tell you it was Chernobyl and I'll give you one quick thing about it. When I was a kid, we used to go up to Yosemite and, uh, the, there was no satellite so the only, there's no TV at all the only thing is uh, at night we'd climb into the main hall and uh, as a community event we'd watch uh, The Adventures of Mr. Toad and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow and it, it just impressed on me I, I I can't say enough good things about uh, the villain uh, of, of, uh, of The Headless Horseman but I will say one thing the shot where he's leaping up into the air and the moon frames him is just gorgeous art all by itself.
0: Yes, yes, yes. That's iconic.
4: Yeah.
2: So do you want to read your rest of your top ten with that?
4: Um, oh, uh, uh, if, rounding out the other... Uh, we, yeah, the well, ones we're not going to talk
2: about.
4: Yeah, there's one that we can't talk you about. And don't have
2: a top ten. One we Man, all time talk sure. about.
4: Uh Shere Khan from uh the jungle book I always thought was oh. a really wonderful, elegant villain. Um yep. I, I, I would love to throw all the villains, and, and it's a whole handful from Pinocchio. Uh Stromboli, um uh and Gideon and of course Monstro, from um, the killer yeah. whale. Oh my god. Oh, he's
2: so cute. <laughs> He's so crumpy and cute. I love him, so All right, Queenie, read your top ten. Give me and 'cause you're number one we already know, but go for it anyways. But, okay, well
0: 10. I got Hades, Scar, Gaston um, the horn came from Black Cauldron and Madame Mim. Yes. They were my top they were my top in my top ten. But uh I moved Madame uh-huh. Mim to you know, over. Um I guess yeah. we will talk about the Horned King if you want um from Black Cauldron? Please, he, he, he didn't be talk about one. him. He was not talked about. No. Um he was no, voiced by John Hurt. He he was vo- voiced by John Hurt. And I think that was like one of the first times I've ever heard John Hurt talk and I was like, "Oh man, he's scary." Um mm-hmm. <laughs> just he has so much power in his voice and he's such a great actor that he can do anything. So him playing the Horned King like just Made that character come to life and him summoning his cauldron warriors and you know these death knights coming out and just oh it was so good
2: and creepy when I was a kid I loved it I love I, all the I saw the, I saw Black Cauldron not once but twice in the theaters I actually paid for it twice probably the only other person nice. in the whole Bay Area that did because uh, mm. The Horn King makes number seven on my list and it's not that it's a great movie but it's the most true to its pagan roots that Disney's yeah. done. So I really appreciate that. Um, the source material, which is Lloyd Alexander, is insane. So I highly recommend it. It's a relatively decent adaptation, actually. They just didn't have time yeah, to do a everything. Great one. Uh, yeah, um, so there's a lot of good things about it. The Horn King is fucking scary as hell. He does have skin, but barely. <laughs> so, uh, you know. Well,
0: he's a witch, right? So, yeah, he's a witch. Yeah. She's not human. So unlike some of them, no, Disney he's not movies, he has no humanity to him. None.
3: <sighs>
4: Where are really my liches at?
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs>
3: what,
2: All right, Where Jenny, I'm Jenny I'm you're up. up. All right, you're you want up. me to read the rest of my top ten? Yep, just read it quick and then talk about number one.
3: Okay, well, I had Mad Madam Mim. Um, I had Frollo from The Hunchback of Notre Dame.
4: Uh, nice. He was a my honorable mention.
3: Yeah, yeah I loved him. Um, Neville Sinclair, Scar, Jafar, Radigan, Jack Skellington, Hades, Doc Terminus, and then my number one is Judge Doom from who framed Roger Abbott.
1: Yay.
3: He's just he's a great I villain. Right <laughs> oh,
0: my oh my gosh.
3: He's evil. He wanted to destroy yes. Toontown and I mean he's just horrible. But he's great. Yeah,
2: he puts little cute shoes and melts them to death and he has swords coming out of his eyes and oh <laughs> Brilliant. Yes, that's that's just... And so did he scare the crap out of you? Oh yeah, absolutely.
3: When his yeah. eyes you know, he takes off the the what a, gosh, why am I forgetting? Like yeah, when he he turns animated and his eyes turn into those knives and like pop out of his head. <laughs> He's horrible. Mm. He's so scary.
4: Frollo might have the darkest song of any oh, Disney he, movie. He does
3: right? have really. the darkest oh, song. I love his song. There's so much Frollo. lust. And, oh, terrible. Oh, yeah. and Tony yeah. J's
4: voice. Tony oh, J's, J's voice is magnificent.
3: He I think that's a, a great very great underrated...
2: It really kind of killed them though. The golden age kind of ended with that movie. It's not a kids' film. I, I don't consider Hunchback a kids' film. I think if it's that, if it I think kids can watch it, but the, the themes they're talking about are not kids friendly. I mean, what? Oh, no, not at all. Oh my God. Uh, you know hmm. But it, I, I, I do appreciate it though. I think the animation's superb. Um, but um, we can hey, do a whole song. thing on on. Yeah, the front, well, the songs are pretty good. Froyo is just absolutely insane villain. Uh, you know, some people actually have him as the number one villain. A lot of people have him as the number one villain song. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if I completely agree with that, but, boy, oh, my God. I, I would say he definitely gets an honorable mention here. Uh, my honorable mention, we didn't mention at all. I did have Madame Mim, but I also wanted to mention, honorable mention Prince John and Sir Hiss from Robin Hood, which Yay. I think is the best comic duo uh, even though <laughs> me and Captain Hook is good, it, uh, I've always really loved the the, the banter between Sir Hitz and, and Prince John and Robin Hood. I think it makes the movie. So uh, I wanted to give yeah. a quick shout-out. Um, and David yeah, Sheer right. Khan. He also makes the movie. He's my number 10. And then Ursula, of course, the Sea Witch. We know how much I love her. And I tied Trunabog and Boogie Boogie at 8. Horn King, the Gogins and Dr. Terminus. And then, of course, I mentioned Davy Jones and Vermisack's pejorative Lady her Gaston. And my number one, which I didn't really hide the fact, is Maleficent. I want to talk about her real quick. My girl, Maleficent, Eleanor, is also Eleanor Audrey, once again, voices her. Absolutely pitch perfect voice. Matter of fact, they actually wanted to make Maleficent look more like a crone initially, and then they heard her voice acting, and they changed her character, and I believe it was way for the better. Uh, and uh, she's just beautiful, her, her flowing robes the sounds her pain makes, the whitening. She's the most powerful villain when it comes to magic. I've always been annoyed. I think she's taken out way too easily. I don't think she went down. Mm. I think she's still alive at the end of it because she's immortal. <laughs> uh, but but I want to say it's really it, – she's evil, but it's her nature to be evil. If you watch the film, you got to realize that the, 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 the fairies are the four corners. And the three fairies cannot exist without her. They actually are balanced, all four of them together. She causes winters and frost. weather causes all the other weather, and then you have Laura and Bada. So you can't have one. You can't have destruction without creation. It just doesn't happen. So I, I you know, they 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 were totally wrong to her. They should have invited her to the fucking christening, uh, you know. So not that you that the baby deserved to be cursed with death. I mean that's a little drastic. But Maleficent (laughs) isn't – Maleficent is just being true to her nature. Those little fucking fairies are the reason why all of this goes down, and it's their fucking fault. I could go in for hours and say (laughs) why I think that the three main fairies are the villains in that story. Fuck them. Fuck them in the ear. Uh, You know, they were sloppy. They were lazy. And it's the only thing that that damn live-action version with Angelina Jolie got right is that the fairies are total fuck-ups. And they are. This whole fuck up. Now the rest of that movie sucks. Date rape and all of the weird other things that are going on. And Sharpton yeah. completely looks like it's in it a completely different movie. And we don't get to yeah. see Angelina's only turn into a dragon, which is like the one thing that they say should have done. And, oh, I could go into that fucking movie. I think it's insulting, <laughs> but um, I could have wrote a better screenplay. Fuck up. The Maleficent itself is the most beautiful and, and elegant of all the Disney villains, and. Uh, even though she's simple, she's to the point, and once again, one line, and there's so much subtext to one thing she says. Like, you know, she just has to say one line, and you can hear so much more going on. And I just, I think she's the best. And I also love Sleeping Beauty as a film. It's not like, it's not meant to be a good story in the sense that there's a princess, there's a boy, and all of that. It's meant to be a painting, a tapestry, moving tapestry yeah. is exactly what it is. So yeah, I can go enjoyed the story. Well into yeah, and and it holds up. And like Fantasia, the use of music is is actually better than Fantasia in some ways, because so the music holds up the story. And it, I think it's got a very complete story arc, and I really do enjoy it. So, I, well, ladies, we made I, it. We did. <laughs> Running a little late, but we got. I'm gonna go ahead and thank you, ladies, because we're gonna stop this story because we gotta finish up with this Disney with our Star Wars stuff real quick and I wanna give Aaron a good fifteen minutes to do that. Um is there anything you want to add before we move on? Mr. No. whatever you fuck you want to talk about. No? Nothing? <laughs> We're good. I'm good. We are good. All right, it was a guys, pleasure,
4: ladies. Thank, thank you.
2: It was pleasure. Thank you, guys. That was so much fun, and we can talk more about this in August. We are going to do Animation August. Our first episode in August is going to be kids programs that adults fall in love with, like Bronies and BronyCon. Especially, we're going to talk about the My Little Pony experience. And on the, uh, <laughs> then the next episode is going to be animation aimed at adults, and our main theme will be Archer. On that show, and that's coming up in August. So, thank you again, ladies. We're going to take a one-minute guest-on break, and then we <laughs> will um, we will come right back with Star Wars. Thank
4: you again. Help, children, help me, Maurice, please, please, I need your help. He's got her. He's got her locked in the dungeon. Whoa, Belle, we must go. Not, not a minute to lose. Whoa, slow down, Maurice. Who's got Bell locked in a dungeon? A beast! A horrible, monstrous
1: beast!
0: <laughs> <laughs> Is it a
2: my audio sex we are back it's Archivist Beds on Sexy Witches we're going to finish up tonight with Aaron on my LA correspondent as we talk about Star Wars celebration that happened in Anaheim two weekends ago uh, he got to be there as a VIP for all four days which is awesome and uh, he talks about he's got a little bit of a scoop for us about Star Wars Rebels that hasn't been getting a lot of coverage so the floor is yours sir thank you for joining us again for Archivist Beds on Sexy Witches
4: my pleasure Thanks for playing my jam, you know? So, Star Wars Celebration's been going on for a while now. It's multinational. Uh, uh, This one was in Anaheim, as you said. Past ones have been in Germany, Los Angeles, Florida. Um, It's huge. It's everything Star Wars you could possibly think of. Uh, The 501st, which is a huge charity organization, has a huge presence there. Uh, Cosplay is ginormous, as you would imagine. The big thing lately has been Star Wars mashup, which is a lot of fun. Uh, You'll find uh, Disney Princess Stormtroopers, for example, uh, are very popular. I love all the
2: Boba Fett. The Boba Fett fusions are hysterical. Did you see
4: the Snow White Snow Buffett?
2: Yeah, I did see the Snow White go to say. My personal no, okay. favorite was the spot.
4: Yeah, I loved her. It, go ahead. Yeah, it it's just a lot of fun. And I'll be posting some pictures later on the site of uh some of the cosplay I took pictures of. Um I guess we should probably touch on the big things that came out. Uh the trailer that was released that everyone went crazy over. Um, a lot of cool things came out of that. The uh, big one in person was uh, the 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 droid BB, the, the one that rolls that everyone was uh, talking about, is an actual live working uh, prop or droid. So I'm sure we're going to be seeing that in the parks very soon. Um, it was amazing to watch on stage. You can see it on YouTube. But uh, apparently magnets, yo. Uh, I I guess the Star Wars Juggalo fans have something else to be confused over because apparently magnets are how they make it work. But it really is kind of spectacular to see. Um, Went to a panel. Uh, Did
2: you cry when you saw the trailer like everybody else did?
4: A manly tear. we were home. Come on. There wasn't a dry eye in the house when they hit that. But, yeah, everyone is on pins and needles wondering what J.J. J. Abrams is going to do. Uh, there are a lot of us who look at Star Trek and the aptly named Star Trek Into Darkness, which it was, uh, and say, wow, that was bad. That was not <laughs> I mean, Star Trek I mean, not... at all. Why did he do that and there's a there's a huge part of me that's saying, steady, steady. J.J. said up front that he doesn't like Star Trek, that when he was a kid, that's, that's right. what the nerdy intellectual kids were into, that he was a Star Wars fan. And so, you know, fingers crossed, he's going to do right by it. I've got to say, everything I've seen trailer-wise makes me think he might have done it right, I hope. And um, he's put a big emphasis on real, actual models, moving away from the CG, like the originals. So that's pretty encouraging. Uh, I, I guess we're just going to hold our breath and, and wait to see. Um, so walking the, around, the the, um,
1: sorry, what was it? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go oh, ahead, I start. was
4: going to say uh, he he had wanted to move uh, the the his film up. It's going to be released December, and uh, he's been very upset with all the leaks. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen. They're sticking to the December Christmas release. But apparently, all the future Star Wars films are going to be released in May as the others were in the past. Damn hey,
2: <laughs> so, walking around the floor, I noticed that there was a full size cantina. Yeah, at Star Wars Celebration. Did you
4: there get a drink while you were there? <laughs> that, unfortunately, you had to bring your own booze because it was just a mock-up for you to take pictures at. But, uh, yeah, oh. gorgeous detail on the cantina, gorgeous detail on the back to tank where Luke and Empire gets uh, fixed up after his encounter with the Wumpa. Uh There's the new vehicle, I can't remember the name, the one that looks like the uh, fudge bar. Uh, from the new film that was on display for you to take pictures with, and of course Jabba, Jabba's there pretty much at all of them, and Roxy, a, a scaled-down Rancor, was there for taking pictures with. If you're a Star Wars uh-huh. nerd, it's it's uh, Mardi Gras Christmas rolled into one. Um.
2: Princess. So uh, what is this? You said that a lot of people have, of course, been covering the, the new teaser. And, of course, Rogue One, which is the first standalone film, which I, by the way, highly approve of that name because my sci-fi group, which is older, by the way, <clears throat> was called The right. Rogue of Sashi Station. So I highly, highly recommend, <laughs> um, you know, going to my site. I am covering full Star Wars on that group page. But... Um, Uh, The trailer looked really interesting, and I wanted you to talk about that, and then you were going to talk briefly about Rebels, too. So can you explain those panels if you can?
4: Sure. Uh, uh, Just on Rebels, one news was made when they said that the plot is going to concern uh, getting the plans to the Death Star. So it's a prequel of sorts, and who knows, we may see the the deaths of many Bob and Spies. Uh, so that was the big I, news I'm there.
2: I'm excited to see a non-Jedi Star Wars. I think it actually has a lot of potential.
4: Well, uh, That's the beauty of these standalones is that we can break away from the Skywalker saga and the Jedi's. And, uh, Not to mention yeah, a, the director, the director
2: there's is potential. exciting. There's, yeah. The director's coming up the pipe with the new standalone films. You got what, Gareth Edwards and you got the guy who directed Brick uh, coming up with one of his films and uh, yeah, so I'm actually more excited for those films than the, actually Episode 7 that's coming up. So, um. And the other big
4: news that was made at uh, the Rogue One panel, uh, someone had asked about Boba Fett, um, and apparently Boba Fett is the bounty hunter equivalent of Schrodinger's cat because while he's not alive, he's not dead, were the exact words we were given, uh, meaning that if a property comes up, if they get a good story, they will do a Boba Fett movie. But as of now, there are no plans. So fingers crossed. We'll see what I, happens down the road.
2: It would have to be a really amazing script to pull it off because you're going to have a character that has no face for two hours. Uh, <laughs> you're going to have an amazing <laughs> actor underneath <laughs> there.
4: Well, Judge Dread. Oh. We had Judge our uh, Judge Dredd, or just I'm sorry, Dread all by itself. He kept the helmet on the oh, entire film, and that was a great film. And hopefully... Oh, and and we'll Davy Jones,
2: back. once again, Disney villain. I mean, he has to go through fake makeup, and he does, it can be done, but it has to be <laughs> a really freaking good actor to pull it off. So, mm-hmm. you know, Andy Skirk is good. Comes a motion capture.
1: Yeah, so, absolutely.
2: Um, absolutely. My sexy witches are still with me, right? Yeah. Are they there? Yeah. Do you have any I questions have, for... Uh, we, Do you have any questions for our L.A. correspondent?
3: I don't have any questions right now. I'm just enjoying listening to it.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me just go quickly through a couple of the panels. Um, There was a panel on the Shakespeare that was really good, and uh, they actually did uh, scenes from uh, the uh, versions that they've done of Star Wars, done in Elizabethan English, and they're kind of fun. I'm really sorry that I missed the nighttime panel with Ian McDermott. Uh, apparently, he gave a really killer read of the Emperor's Soliloquy. So, if anyone out there has that on YouTube and wants to light it up on the Sexy Witches page, I'd be eternally grateful because I missed that. The Clone Wars panel was freaking awesome. Uh, I, I can't even tell you. It, uh, a lot of people bag on the prequels with good reason, but if nothing else, they gave us Clone Wars, which is so good. Um, at the Clone Wars panel, uh, they gave us four episodes that had never been shown before. They were unfinished, there wasn't full movement, there wasn't even lip sync uh, or, or lighting. Yeah. How were they good? Uh, they talked a little bit about how these episodes get to put together uh this particular one, or this particular four series that we saw, four episodes, was an arc concerning uh the bad batch, uh, a group of uh clones who had mutant abilities that made them not look not sound like the other clones and uh, roughly. Dirty Dozen kind of uh, influence in fact uh, one of the writers said George would come in and reference classic movies and then we'd go home and watch and do our homework and Dirty Dozens was definitely an influence on this one Uh, there were a lot of good things in the episode Uh, apparently if the series had gone on we would have got to see The Bad Batch go to Kashyyyk The Wookiee Homeworld that would have been kind of amazing So, fingers crossed, there's even an outside chance that we could see these four episodes go to StarWars.com, where a lot of work that hasn't been shown, uh, because the series stopped when Disney bought it, uh, might come there. Uh, One of my favorite bits, uh, when they were showing things definitely unfinished, was a flyby of a, a, a world that was titled Temporary Yellow Planet kind of fun to see how they do the the things before we actually get them.
2: Well, that's wonderful to hear all of that. And what was your single favorite thing you think of all the stuff you did?
4: Pardon me. Um, (laughs) Probably the Rebels wrap-up. Oh, yeah, that's another thing. When you're going to conventions make sure you take a good hand sanitizer with you. Three of the four of us came back with colds and flu because that's what conventions are. They're cruise ships locked on land. Um, The Rebels (laughs) wrap up uh, is really, really exciting. Uh, Jim Cummings, uh, who actually uh, stood in uh, for the song that Scar sings Be Prepared, is coming back as Hondo. Uh, I, get hmm. right I get to meet
2: him right on I get to meet
4: him at Awesome Con so I'm looking forward to that oh, pardon me uh, yeah Re- okay. Rebels is just going to be amazing Darth Vader is back James Earl Jones as the voice of Darth Vader is back um, nice. Corey Burton who had been in mm-hmm. the original Clone Wars series is coming back as a character called Quarry. Who's a small Mon calamari and uh the name cory is a nod to ralph mccory uh the pre-production artist who is so important to the look of star wars uh who passed away recently um gosh i don't even know what all that oh uh, there's a beautiful nod to powell's moving castle with the way they have the tank looking and uh Yeah, there's so many good things coming. I I don't want to spoil things for people, but man, it's going to be a great show.
2: That's fabulous. And if you want to see uh, Aaron's photos, he'll be posting them on Archivist, uh, an album on Archivist uh, Vet on Sexy Witches on my Facebook page for that. And he also might drop some WonderCon in there, too, for good measure. Um, it's, we're down to 30 seconds, so i got to let you go, my L.A. correspondent. So thank you for calling in, and it was a pleasure having you join us on the conversation this evening. And um, look for Aaron Fogin on the web, and, um, he I'm going to try to get him to write more blogs. So have a good one. I'll see you again in a few weeks.
4: Thanks very much.
2: Oh, all right, girls, thank you, Sexy Witches. You can find us on Facebook in our uh, groups, Rogue Zatachi Station, the Film Geek Circle, or The Halloween Madness. <laughs>